Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio, your one stop for creative inspiration. We have a terrific hour of ideas and tips for you today, so let's get to it. Here's your host, Pat Sloan. Welcome to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm Pat Sloan, and the first half of the show, we're actually sort of turned out a bit of a theme. We have uh, a bit of a Southwest theme going on with my first two guests, and I am very excited to talk to Michelle Watts. I have known about her work for many, many years, and uh, you will probably recognize some of her pieces that are in a lot of the catalog and a lot of your quilt shops. So, Michelle, thanks for being here. Well, thank you so much for having me as a guest. You know, you have been in the business um, a, a little while now. When did you actually start? Well, I actually started quilting in about 1982. Um, I was newly married and had uh, just moved to a new location, uh, didn't know a soul. And so I jumped right into quilting, not having a clue what I was doing. Um, made a quilt for my grandmother or from my clothes and Mm -hmm. made one for my mother and just kept going. I just love that, you know, you decided you didn't know anybody, so you'd learn to quilt. I mean, that is um, not maybe, did you know about quilt making prior? Well, I did. My grandmother was a quilter. She Mm -hmm. was a hand piecer, machine quilter, and then she hand quilted, had a frame hanging from her ceiling. So I had grown up around quilts. But I had never sewed at all. Oh. Just decided that I thought maybe I could do this and um, hand pieced my first quilt. And after that, I was I was pretty hooked. So were there, you know, once you were really interested in this, did you find uh, more information once you sort of started looking for it in the early eighties? Well, in the early 80s, um, I, my favorite quilt book, once I started trying to learn how to do it the right way and how mm-hmm. to learn and, and better my skills and stuff, I found Georgia Bone Steel's lap quilting book at the library. Mm-hmm. And fortunately, our library had lots of books on quilting. And so I started just reading lots of books. And um I was a hand quilter for many years, uh, hand quilted for the public, mm. and my very first quilt that I ever hand quilted, I got a whopping $50 for quilting. <laughs> and I personally thought yeah. that I was rolling in the dough. Right. <laughs> um, it, it was so great to have made money, and then I could buy more fabric, and hence my fabric collection started. <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Now, you live in New Mexico. Um, what did you like Southwest? Did you this has always been your style or did you sort of have another style first? Well, I started out as a traditional quilter, probably like mm-hmm. most people do, just because that was what there was available. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't very long after I started quilting and learned, you know, basic techniques and stuff that I pulled out graph paper, quarter inch graph paper and colored pencils and started kind of designing my own Southwestern inspired quilt patterns. They were just very simple geometric Mm -hmm. designs um, using a two or three inch scale. Mm -hmm. Um, And once I had done that, I kind of pieced a few of them on my own 
and then showed them to some friends, showed them to our quilt guild, and found out that I was very lucky and there were a lot of other people that liked the same style of stuff that I did. You know, way back um, when I first started, Southwest Style was sort of hit across the entire nation. And it's, you know, like I live in Virginia, you know, the probably the least Southwest style oriented state. <laughs> and <laughs> but I like we know that we that's what everybody here wanted to make at one point in quilts. So your patterns and your website were a huge draw for all of us looking to get that fix, you know, that that look. Um, you also had a quilt shop for a while. I did. Um, I, before I, uh, while I had my little quilt pattern business that was a little tiny mail order business, um, I decided that I wanted to try my hand at opening a shop. And so I had a quilt shop here in Roswell um, from 1992 to 1997. And family and just um, not, I miss the creative part um, mm-hmm. because of the book work and the paperwork and, and all of that. And so um, I closed in 97 and went back to um, designing patterns full time and um, started doing shows and promoting, you know, myself and teaching. And so now I've just I've just kept going. You have so you have such a rich, deep um group of things that you do. I mean, you applique, you do patchwork, you do, you know, certain styles. I thought, because I want to get this in, because I know a lot of people have seen your work, which is not quite a Southwest um, look. It's your jelly roll projects that you started um, designing because there's this incredible heart and you have um, all kinds. How, tell me how you started working with, you know, how you designed those. Well, so my very first jelly roll pattern was uh, a quilt called Wheel of Scraps. And I make a lot of patterns that use the nine-degree wedge ruler. Mm. So it's piece circles that are all straight seams. And so that was my very first one. And then uh, about a year later, I had somebody ask me to make a a quilt for an auction for a a donation. Mm-hmm. So I made this quilt called Have a Heart because the theme of this event was Open Your Heart. Mm. So I I decided to just make a big turquoise heart because I love turquoise and mm-hmm. thought a great big heart would be cool. Yeah. And so I made this big scrappy wonky looking heart that was pieced out of like scraps and a jelly roll. And so many people just went crazy over it that I decided that I'd better write instructions for that. <laughs> and um, A true designer. A really big, yeah. I better take advantage of this right. momentum. And so I, I, I turned it into a pattern. I mean, it, it sold really well. And so then I just started creating, kind of looking at graph paper and looking at geometric or looking at designs that could be done with a jelly roll. And so now I have several. I have Cross Your Heart, Four of Hearts. I have one that spells the word love. And then I have a great big peace sign, which is um, probably one of my favorites just because um, it's the scrappiest and uh, I, 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 just, I just love it. 
Yeah, it is. That is an awesome one. I I know people who would love to have that one. <laughs> yeah. I may have to put it on my make make that one for a so and so list. Um, there you go. Yeah. So and my my newest my newest one is uh, O Stripmas Tree, and it's just a kind of a wonky Christmas tree with buttons sewed on it, and then you can actually hang Christmas ornaments onto the tree that hangs on the wall. Oh, that's cool. <laughs> the things that people will recognize, they'll have seen those, uh, even if they're not doing sort of your signature Southwest pieces, they're going to recognize those. Uh, because Absolutely. It, yeah, they're really amazing. You also, besides you. doing sort of the geometric pa- patchwork that, that gives that Southwest feel, you do a lot of applique. What are some of your favorite um, applique patterns that you've done? Well, my probably my favorite applique pattern is Fiesta Day Talavera, and that was an applique pattern that is nine blocks, and they were each applique and then had an applique border, and they were all inspired by hand-painted Mexican Talavera um, plate designs. Mm. And so I used a real unique and real different color combo that I normally don't use, um, a lot brighter, hot pinks and purples, and um, those are colors that I don't usually use a whole lot, and so it's a real bright and happy, happy quilt. Yeah, it it is a, I love applique, so I'm really drawn to, you know, those pieces of yours as well as the others. It's it's really neat. Now, you were telling me that, you know, we have a little, a couple minutes still. If you were telling me that you do some work with paint sticks, what, um, what kind of, what do you do with those? Well, so I was introduced to paint sticks uh, several years ago, and, um, wanted to know how I could use them and incorporate them into actual quilts and fabric. And what's really nice about them is they stay soft on the fabric so your fabric doesn't get stiff. And so what I do is I take freezer paper, build a stencil, and then paint with the Sheva paint sticks and a, a stencil brush on directly onto the fabric. Um, you can quilt it. it. It stays soft. It makes beautiful, beautiful product, you know, projects. Mm-hmm. Um, I also decided to do some laser cut stencils for some miniature quilt patterns. So I have stencils that are 2-inch, 3-inch, and 4-inch for pieced miniature blocks, and most of the blocks I chose were like Drunkard's Path, Compass, so very traditional quilt blocks that Mm -hmm. might intimidate some people as they had to piece them, Mm -hmm. especially in miniature, Mm -hmm. Um, but with a a stencil that Mm -hmm. already has its seam allowance and everything added to it, it makes it a really, really fast and simple, a simple project. Ah, that is a neat idea. I'm going to have to, I've never really played with those, Michelle. It's like one of those things. It's like, oh, I have to, I have to do that sometime. Now you, you travel and teach. We have a, just a short amount of time. Where do you, um, where can people find where you'll be if they want to come to see so you? you can find, um, so you can find the schedule on my website, um, jmichellewatts.com. And um, I, I teach a lot in Texas. Um, I do mostly regional shows. Um, 
I don't really go, well, I was in Chicago last year. Um, I think, uh, you know, I'll be in Dallas. Um, so I, yeah. I, I do a lot of shows per year, and then I travel and teach for guilds all over. Well, Michelle, this has been wonderful. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much. We're going to be right back after this break, and be sure to check out Michelle's stencil page where she has a video with what she uh, was just talking about. the 1 million pillowcase challenge in March for the ultimate pillowcase competition. Gather a team and compete in one of two categories during the month of March to make pillowcases, earn points, and maybe be crowned the ultimate pillowcase champion. The top three teams in each category will be awarded cash prizes. Even if you're not forming a team, you can watch all the action with weekly voting and daily prizes. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash pillowcase madness for more information. Quilt Along with us in 2017. Join our fourth annual Quilt Along by stitching a wall hanging, a throw, or a one-block table topper, or all three projects. Visit allpeoplequilt.com backslash quilt along for a list of participating bloggers and designers and to see photos of what staff members and other readers are sewing. Share your photos on social media by using the hashtag APQQuiltAlong to join the fun. Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. And this is my second dive into um, not not just Southwest, but a little Southwest. Uh, I love meeting new designers. When I'm out on the road, when I go to events, and I met Christy Schroeder a little while back when she was sort of first kicking off all of her design work, and so we've kept up. And when she wrote and told me about her newest book, I'm like, yes, we need to talk about this. So, Christy, thank you for um, making the time to come on here while you're on travel. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. I know it's always uh, all this coordinating. It's like, yes, I can do it. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it worked. It it worked out. I mean, with QuiltCon going on and today's the first day, I was like, I could definitely make time to come back and retreat and rest a little bit. So it's all good. (laughs) It's all good. Um, So how did you get, what is your backstory? You know, how did you get into quilting? So I've, I, I completely fell into the quilt, quilting world accidentally. Um, my mother tried to get me to quilt for years and years and years growing up, and I, like, had nothing to do with it. I was not interested in it at all. And um, so I was a graphic designer in the corporate world in my 20s and 30s, and I lived in – I worked for various companies, and I lived in Chicago and San Francisco, and then I ended up in Dallas, and I was in Dallas for about 10 years, And it was while I was in Dallas, um, I was working for an architecture firm doing graphic design for their clients. 
And I um, found this amazing modern fabric store called Citycraft, and I think it had just opened, and um, she carried all these amazing, beautiful fabrics. And I walked in, and I was like, oh, my goodness, I had no idea a fabric like this existed because my mom would take me with her to her quilt mm-hmm. shop. And they just wasn't, the fabric in there just wasn't my style. Nothing ever appealed to me, which is why I was never interested in quilting. Mm -hmm. And then I discovered all these other fabrics. And Callie had such a great eye for curating her shop. And, you know, she had, you know, Amy Butler, Anna Maria Horner. I mean, it was just all the beautiful designers. (laughs) I mean, it was just gorgeous. So that's how I got into it. I, I actually tried to... I bought some fabric, and friends of mine, we decided to host a big dinner party for Christmas, and so Mm -hmm. I took the fabric home with me for Thanksgiving, and I asked my mom to make the placemats for me, and I told her I needed 20 placemats made, and she was like, I will teach you how to make these, and so she busted out her her featherweight machine, and she sewed one for me and showed me the ropes, and then I sat down, and I was like, I can do this. This isn't that hard, and... You know, I went back to Dallas, and Callie had a bunch of sewing classes listed, and I just started taking as many classes as I could. And one thing led to another. I started making baby quilts for friends and family, uh, you know, like six months later, and that's kind of that's kind of how I got into it. And here that's- I am today. Like, and- who knew? <laughs> who knew? I know. The adventure, I always love hearing the adventure of how – people started particularly when they have quilt makers in their family and they're like no i'm never gonna quilt and then there they are yeah uh, running yeah. a running a yes. firm <laughs> definitely so, no moms know best that's that's my lesson learned in this story yes. for sure <laughs> you know i can really see your design uh, you know your background and what is core to you you know your sort of graphics abilities and everything that comes out your work is just beautiful beautifully done everything that you do is is very gorgeous um what i'm curious is like a lot of us have that sort of quilt that that sort of jump starts things and then later sometimes becomes our signature quilt has one of those been free do you have one of those yet that's sort of your thing oh yes (laughs) absolutely um yeah the cascade the cascade quilt actually um that was like another happy accident. Um, I, I think definitely that was the one that launched launched me professionally as far as being a pattern designer. And that was actually, again, it was a collaboration with the owner, Callie, of Citycraft. And it was oh, right okay. when um, Kona had released their 32 new colors. Mm-hmm. And Callie had con- – she sent me an email, and she's like, come to the shop. I want to show you all this fabric. And so I went over, and she had all the bolts everywhere and she's like oh hey she's like would you be interested in designing a quilt using these colors you know I'd love to promote this fabric in the shop I'll you know feature your quilt on the blog to get interest and I was like sure I was like this sounds like an awesome design challenge like I loved the parameters of the whole thing Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so I I approached it like I would you know normally in my corporate world you know doing design briefs for clients and so I sketched out three different ideas present. We, Callie and I both talked back and forth and decided the cascade was like the best design out of all of it. And so I made it. And then I think I put it on Pinterest Mm -hmm. and, you know, thanks to Pinterest and social media. Um, I think 
Robert Kaufman, uh, Nicole Ramirez saw it on Pinterest and she emailed me, I think like two weeks later and was like, introduced herself and said, would you be interested in turning this into a cool pattern? And me being me was like, sure, absolutely. Sure. And then I was like, and then I'm like, oh no, how do I do this? And so right. then I had to go and research, you know, research all. And I bought a bunch of fabric. I bought a bunch of patterns and researched, you know, I'm such a visual learner being a designer that I, um, I bought a, I did a ton of research and then I just figured out for me, like what would make the most sense writing this pattern. And so I wrote the pattern and then that, that launched, that launched my pattern design business. And, um, it's been really, it's been so much fun. I love it. Like it's, I love the challenge of it. You know, everything that goes into it from the technical writing to the designing, to the illustrations. I mean, it's, it can be it can be a bit of a bear for some people, but for me, it's just you know part of what I used yeah. to do in corporate, I guess, but on a different scale. So, um, and you do it for it's, yourself. It's so, really yeah, doing it for ourselves. I do do it for a, myself. Yeah, it's always the good part. Now, I want to be yeah. able, I want to get in talking about your book because um, yeah. this this is just beautiful. I love the Southwest. My first guest uh, today has been in doing Southwest work for years, um, and so I just thought this would be so fun to have you both on the same day. It's like you know, but you you know you are not living in the Southwest yourself. So, um, what made you? do an entire book sort of dedicated to that style and the, and it's almost like a travel book. It is. It is. It is. And I mean, you know, it, it, the book, you know, when I pitched it to, to Lucky School, to Suzanne, um, you know, I wanted to write a book that encompassed all the things that I absolutely love and that's travel and design and quilting. And um, I I spend, I usually spend my summer. So my, I grew up in South Texas. I live in Austin now and my mom's side of the family um, has property out in New Mexico outside of Santa Fe. And so I've spent my summers growing up in New Mexico and I went to summer camp um, at a camp called Brush Ranch down the road um, Mm -hmm. from where our place was. So uh, I kind of like, you know, I grew up going to Santa Fe you know, going to the plaza and, 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 you know, going to all the shops and the galleries and all of that. And, um, the idea for the book came about two years ago when I went on a girl's road trip to West Texas mm-hmm. and I had just finished writing my arrowhead pattern. And so I took a sample quilt with me, um, at the last minute. And so we visited like big bend, we went to marathon, we went to Marfa and I took my quilt with me and took photos of it everywhere. And that's when the idea hit me that I was like, what if I can, what if I could get paid to do this and turn right. this into a book? And <laughs> I seriously was just like, if someone, if I'm like, if I can get paid for doing this, I would be the happiest person ever. And so I pitched the idea to Suzanne at QuiltCon, at this QuiltCon two years yeah. ago. And she was like, that sounds interesting. Write a proposal yeah. and get it back to me. And so two months later, I, I, I submitted it to her and, and the rest is history. Um, so, and I wanted it to be, you know, I wanted it to be different. I wanted it to have more of the travel aspect. Mm-hmm. Um, so each section, you know, each place that you visit where the quilts are featured, um, that inspired me to design it. I like to list, like, if you, you know, go to Marfa, here's the great places to eat and stop by mm-hmm. the store or see this art gallery. You know, I wanted, I wanted people to really use it in different avenues than just a traditional quilt book. Yeah. And so. the, 
the actually, you know, the little tips and those kind of things in there are really what make it fun to read. Um, I, I'm curious because I want to be sure to get this in. You know, did you style it? Were you are you the stylist for the book as well? Because like the cover is stunning. I mean, it's not something that's easy for a lot of people to think up. You know, it's you know, and, and all your layouts yeah. are incredible. Thank you. Well, I worked in Tangent, so I actually worked with um, a photographer named Kurt Griesbach. Uh, He and I actually used to work together at the architecture firm that I worked for in Dallas. Mm. And, um, you know, we did a lot of corporate work together, so I knew he would be the right person to Mm -hmm. take on this crazy idea with me Mm -hmm. since we were traveling (laughs) and road tripping together. Um, The cover image was a complete – I don't know if he planned it. Kurt probably said he would have, but, like, the goal for me in that photo was to walk all the way over to the other dune. Mm-hmm. And I remember looking at him being like, you want me to do what? And he's yeah. like, just go walk over there. And so I, like, literally threw the quill on my back and just started huffing it over to the other side. And he yeah. got that shot. So, but everything, all the other style I shot, um, I did all the styling. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just he and I, and then my mom joined us in Santa Fe and then my now husband was with us when we went to West Texas mm-hmm. and they were kind of behind the scenes helping me out with stuff. But I, I pretty much did all the styling and, you know, Kurt and I shot at a bunch of different locations. Um, and you know, sometimes he would have an idea, he had an idea of how to shoot something. And so we kind of just played off of each other, which mm-hmm. is why I love working with him because we work very well and he bounces ideas off of me and vice versa. So well, it, was, it is um, a great book. Everybody should look for it. It's uh, Christy Schroeder's Southwest Modern Book from Marfa to New Mexico, 18 Travel-Inspired Quilts. And just to wrap it up, they can find you at initialkstudio.com. And, Christy, yeah. are you going to start making baby quilts yet? Because I hear there's a big <laughs> congratulation for you. <laughs> yes, thank you. Yes, I, I, you know, someone was like, are you going to make a baby quilt book? And I'm like, I don't know. That's a good idea. But yes, the little one, uh, we're having a boy at the end of July and um, he will, he will have many quilts to choose from for many, sure. Many, so. many quilts. Well, congratulations. And thank you yes. for being here, Christy. Thank you so much, Pat. Appreciate it. We'll be right back after the break and jump into another tune. Quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. To avoid mixing up various sized strips once cut, you can write the measurements on the strip selvages. Get two full years of American Patchwork and Quilting delivered right to your door for the price of one. That's a full year free. Every issue is packed with never-before-seen projects from top designers, detailed photography, complete materials lists, and easy-to-use pull-out patterns and quilting diagrams. Subscribe today at allpeoplequilt.com.
welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. And I'm lucky to be able to get Sharon Holland to come back on and chat with me. Uh, she's um, a beautiful artist who does uh, fabric with art gallery. And um, now she's a new author. And so I just thought her book was really neat. It's, it's uh, something that is very usable for everybody. Plus, uh, Sharon, you are one of the 2018 Orphill designers. So excited yes, to have am. you. Yes. So fun to and work with you. Great to be back on your show, Pat. Thanks. I, I know. It's been a little while. So you do well. So, you know, when you did this book, your book is called Utility Style, Quilts for Everyday Living. And I, yeah. you know, and I think a lot of us, we actually make quilts that we want to use and live with and give to people so they can use and live with them. Um, when, you, when you started setting up your book, Sharon, what, what was your sort of plan for it? Um, I guess I had two things. One was just for me kind of personally – um, and then to be able to explain that to other people was I, I do love vintage quilts. It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, something I, I love to look at. I find them very exciting, intriguing. Uh, they bring up a lot of questions in my mind, like why did that uh, maker use that fabric? Why did they mm-hmm. make those choices? Those kind of things. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's why they're so exciting for me, because they make me stop and really look at them and explore them. So I wanted to be able to bring that into my own work, and I wanted to be able to hopefully help other people get that into their work as well. Plus, like what you said, um, you know, use their quilts. Like, mm-hmm. Give them permission that these are something you can uh, make and use, and if they wear out, okay, move on. You, you can always make another one, right? <laughs> this oh. is not so precious that I'm saving exactly. it for what, you know? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. That's, I yeah. think people get stuck, Sharon. They get stuck on like, oh, my gosh, because you know, some quilts do take a really long time. And yes. so then they're like and maybe have a lot of intricate work. Um, but you can make quilts that are satisfying and then you can use them. And if you use them, then you get to make more because you're going to make more, right? Because you're going to make more, yeah. Right. And if you, if you are able to make something relatively quickly without a lot of pain right. and frustration <laughs> and paralyzing fear that everything has to be perfection, you're more likely to do more. And I just wanted to just, like, okay, shake it off and get on with it and just, just jump in and do this. Yeah. Now, you walk through actually a home in your book. You know, you're basically showing the quilts in different parts of the home. Um, are these, is this your home or did you go on location? No, and this is accumulation of several homes. Oh. Uh, my, my intention for this book was really that this was a lifestyle book. It just happens mm-hmm. to have quilt instructions in there mm-hmm. for different quilts, but really the focus was this, a lifestyle. I wanted to show people how to use quilts in their homes. So um, the whole, my whole plan for the book was it was going to start on the outside of the house, mm-hmm. and you're going to step into the foyer, and then you're going to move through the rooms like you would if someone were out, you know, giving you a tour of their home. You go into the kitchen. You go into, you know, the master mm-hmm. bedroom. You go into the baby's room, that sort of thing. So it flows through the house, and I have a quilt for each of these rooms, and you end up 
the last quilt is actually outside uh, with a little impromptu picnic type thing. Um, and it, I wanted it to look, I knew I couldn't do this all in one house. Mm-hmm. But I wanted it to look like, and each quilt has its own personality too. So, but I wanted this that they could look, they could appear like these quilts live under the same roof even though in real life that didn't happen that way. <laughs> you even had to call in a friend from, like, far yes, away. Yes, I did. Um, I had, phone a friend. Uh, I did. I did phone a friend. I used my phone a friend. Um, I, had, I have made a lot of wonderful friends on Instagram, and one of them is Susan Playstead. She lives in Australia. She has the beautiful home. If I could have taken all these quilts and flown to Australia and done them under her roof, that was exactly the lifestyle and look and vibe I wanted for this book. But that just wasn't going to happen, and we had a quite uh, quick turnaround. So I got the brilliant idea um, and contacted Susan and said, hey, you know, told her the situation. We need to do this relatively fast. I love your house. I love your photography. Could you send me some of your photos that I can use and kind of sprinkle throughout the book as additional lifestyle images. And mm-hmm. I know the quilts aren't going to be in there, but I, I know that they can look seamless with mm-hmm. what I have in mind for this book. And I think it does. I think it was very successful. Yeah. You don't even realize you don't see a quilt in that right. shot, but it just, it just adds more to the story. It does because to... they they accent what you're talking about, and they right. and they have the feel of the quilt that would they be like the on feel. the next page. Yeah, that, yeah, that vibe of that quilt, mm-hmm. the colors, the mood I wanted to create. Yeah, yeah, you did a wonderful job, Sharon. Thank and I, you. I have two. I have two questions. One is that. Um, can you give a tip for how to combine? or how to curate, or how to pull the fabric to do a quilt where the pieces are bigger, but you want to have it scrappy, because like your star cross is such a good example. You have a lot of different fabrics, but the pieces are bigger, so that's a bit more of a challenge. Yeah, um, I I know this is going to sound a little lame to everybody, but I do have a little bit of intuitiveness to this, so it's hard to totally explain my Mm -hmm. process. But um, for one thing, I am... In all of the quilts there, well, most all of the quilts, maybe all the quilts, I have used incorporated vintage fabrics, new contemporary fabrics, things from my stash that may be 20 or 30 years old, and then things that are even way older, like 30s and 40s uh, vintage stuff. So for one thing, I am just, I'm really getting a, a, a big variety of fabrics here. Um that are visually interesting, the texture and the colors. Um, Then there's a lot of personal taste that goes into this because we both know Mm -hmm. there's just a myriad of different kinds of styles, whether you do it, you know, like if you're doing something for a child and they're juvenile prints or you're Mm -hmm. doing something very florally or sophisticated or contemporary. I mean, there's so many genres of, of fabrics out there. So a lot of it, came from my stash and those are things that I like to begin with so a lot of my personality and my choices Mm -hmm. have already gone into what I pulled from (laughs) so um, uh, I try to mix up a lot of uh, florals and geometrics and things with textures and and get a variety that way so it's not 
all just florals or all just mm-hmm. geometrics. But star-crossed, um, that one, I gave it a personality, and the personality, that's a tween quilt in mm-hmm. that one, and I gave it sort of a, there's a lot of plaids in there, and it's mm-hmm. kind of got a pop-punk kind of feel to it slightly. I mean, that's an exaggeration. That's my little my idea for it. <laughs> but I wanted to look a little more... Um, not juvenile, but kind of a little edgier, I think. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of the geometrics and plaids in there kind of give it that feel. That yeah, that's kind of a feel. neat thing to have sort of what you're going for before you pull yeah, each Yeah, each one I knew which room it was going to go into, mm-hmm. what it was going to represent, and then I gave it a personality. And that's what I used when I was doing my fabric pulls. Like, this is going to be a tween one. What would she like in this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what would the master bedroom like? What would the the kids' bedroom like? That sort of thing. And I projected a personality on them. And that really does help, I think, when you're pulling the fabric for someone who's, you know, you know, maybe they don't have, they don't know who it's going to. They just love a piece of fabric. If you yeah. sort of can visualize a person as you're pulling it together, that gives you a focus. Yeah, um, definitely. Because um, yeah, sometimes you do have to work with stuff that maybe you wouldn't have normally uh, gone for mm-hmm. yeah. if you're taking someone else's personality in consideration. And that allowed me doing that by projecting these personalities on the quilt allowed me to get a little out of my head mm-hmm. and not have every quilt project my personality as much right? because right. I wanted this uh, book to have a lot of variety to it. So the other question about the book is tell me um, a little bit about the quilting, uh, co- you know, how you quilted the pieces because you have hand, you have machine, you have a lot of lot that are like uh, an easy quilting pattern, and you give all Yeah, the and I call them utility-style quilting yes. patterns, too. Um, uh, and they are all overall patterns. Mm. Um, I thought of the – I think of utility-style quilting as something that's – completely separate from what your what the quilt is it's mm-hmm. like this layer that goes over it that's that's um well what's the word i, I guess just separate is the best it's, it's right. its own entity but yet it's very easy to do um uh straightforward general geometric um simple all over and again in, out, done, move on type of right. thing. We're right. not putting a lot of fancy work into this. <laughs> right. right. Let's use this quilt, you know. That's right. Let's get this done. Yeah. Yeah. So, and that's, that's what I, how I was thinking about the quilting, too. Utilitarian. That's mm-hmm. it. Yeah. And you have great direction. So if somebody is fairly Thank new you. to some of these techniques, you have awesome diagrams and you explain, you know, pretty much the whole quilting process in there. The so the whole thing in 80 pages. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you did a great job getting it all in 80 pages. I know. And I even have the last page. I I put a grid because I I didn't even have content for the last page. So 79 pages. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and a grid. <laughs> and a grid. <laughs> so what um, What are you doing? You have, you know, like right now, do you have a big project going? Um, yes. In fact, it started yesterday. Ooh. Maureen Cracknell, who is an art gallery fabrics designer, um, and I had co-hosted a sew-along last year, the Social Bee Sampler. 
This year we have a new one. Uh, it's another sampler quilt. It'll be a 16-week uh, sampler, so it's a little smaller size, and it's called the Community Sampler. We named it that way because such a fabulous community had grown from the first one. Um, so that just started yesterday, and you can go to my blog at SharonHollandDesigns.com or Marines at Marine Craft or Handcraft or Handmade. I'm sorry, um, Blogspot and um, you can uh, get started. We haven't gotten into the blocks yet. Next week will be our first block, but we have like an introduction uh, PDF where you get a coloring book page so you can start planning your fabric pulls and, you know, what your quilt's going to look like, that sort of thing. So that's our big project. It was months in the making, so now right. it's the fun part. <laughs> now it's the fun part. <laughs> so do you tell people on this, on your community sampler, what the final quilt would look like so they know what it looks yes, like? Yeah, we have just shown it virtually because neither yes. Maureen or I have it finished yet, but right. um, virtually what? you can see it. <laughs> You're not done. <laughs> We're not that far ahead. I'm a couple blocks ahead, but uh, that's that's it. <laughs> oh goodness! So, what is your current line in stores? Your personal fabric line that um, people Bountiful was out last year. Mm-hmm. I have a new fabric collection coming out this spring for Spring Market, and um, AGF has not done the big reveals yet. But okay. um, yeah, darn it! I know. Watch your, me. Comes watch out in your, May, though. Comes okay. out in May. Ships in May. Yeah. So they can just follow along with you to see what's going yeah, on. Yeah, hold on just a couple more weeks, and you'll see the big <laughs> reveal. Yeah. That's always the fun part. So we oh, have, yeah. We have just a minute. I thought I'd ask you a fun question. Where do you take vacation? Where do I take vacation? Um, not too anything exciting. Um, we usually go visit family. Mm-hmm. Um type thing but i will get to go visit my son in new york uh next month and um i'm looking forward to that because that's just a huge culture shock for me but i'm i'm always just in awe of everything that's going on there new york city new york city yes all right I know, big jump from country girl, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, Sharon, yep. you crack me up. You crack <laughs> me up. <laughs> so uh, you hang out on Instagram so people can find your... Yes, Sharon, Sharon Holland Designs. Okay. Well, Sharon, this has been so much fun. I love your book. Thank you, Pat, so much. And thanks we'll, for having me on the show. Yes, we'll be right back. American Patchwork and Quilting on Facebook for daily quilting inspiration, tips, giveaways, and more. Find us at facebook.com backslash APQ Magazine. This quilting tip brought to you by Moda Fabrics. Visit modafabrics.com or your local quilt shop to see the latest fabric collections. Press and seal can be used to hold pieced units in place before sewing together.
Welcome back to American Patchwork and Quilting's talk show. I'm Pat Sloan. Our show is sponsored by Moda Fabrics. And I wanted to tell you that if you have not checked the blog out recently, if you go back a little bit and scroll through, there's some great articles. There's one showing their, one of the quilts done through the Blockhead's project and that's fun to see it all together personally i love a couple of the articles one is on quilt appraisals and that is really interesting um interviewed a quilt appraisal because you know, our quilts are very precious and there's reasons to get them appraised that you might not be thinking of and then of course to wash or not to wash uh carrie nelson did a great article showed you all these incredible mode of fabrics and talked to you about whether you should wash your quilt or not so this last segment is a chat with Pat. It's just me, me and you. I have a bunch of questions that have been asked by my Facebook group of me over time, uh, Quilt Along by Pat Sloan, if you haven't joined me yet. I thought I'd sort of dive into some of these and answer them because there there are a lot of questions that float through there. It's a very large group. There's almost 119,000 people, uh, or there might be more than that right now. And so we, you know, we get a lot of things floating, a lot of projects running uh, that I host, and then people share what they're working on. But I pay occasionally get, you know, questions and I save them for days like this. So Debbie asked me, you know, what, how do you decide on what batting to use, you know, such as weight and fiber choice? So, you know, if you have not explored batting much because, you know, honestly, sometimes buying batting is like, you know, buying tires for the car because really it is not that exciting. It goes in the middle and we don't see it. But it is super important uh, because it it creates the outcome and the look of your quilt. Uh, I tend to do most of my pieces with very low loft, with, which means flat um, battings that are will give a very flat appearance and uh, thin. That's just how I like my quilts. Uh, they will be often 100% cotton or 80% cotton, 20% polyester blend. Um, there are many other fiber choices. The other one that I personally like is wool, um, either a blend or 100% wool because the wool battings have more loft. They're fluffy. So because I, uh, if, if either if for my applique or for the quilting that was done on the piece, if there are areas that I want to have sort of have loft to them, I want them to have like maybe flat, 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 and then poop, you know, like you see this sort of uh, image get filled in and look a little bit trapunto-like, which is sort of lifted. The the wool can be your friend there because it doesn't really smash down like cotton does. It stays fluffy if it's not quilted. There are other fibers. There are 100% polys. There are silks. There are many, many other fibers. And there's thicknesses. I mean, you know that you've gone to the store and found very thick cotton batting and some that's very thin. What I suggest is you get a sampler. You can sometimes find those online where they have a sample of the weights and um, content, fiber choice of the batting, and you get a little package with the different ones. So I would get two, really, because they're not very big, and get one and quilt it, and get one and don't quilt it, and keep all the tags, so then you can compare the two and see what it does. You know, a lot of the professionals, uh, um, I call them professional competition quilters, the ones who enter competition, it's their kind of their main thing about their business, a lot of them will do 
batting samples that if they are trying something new where they'll take their technique and actually quilt a piece before they make the choice for their competition quilt. Uh, you could do the same. So it is very educational. Uh, years ago, there was a whole book about batting, and that was uh, it was big. It was interesting. So you could hunt around for that if you if you wanted it. Let's see. Okay, so a, a different Debbie. Uh, <laughs> there's all Debbie. It's not a Debbie question day. Okay, another Debbie asked, "What are my thoughts on pressing seams, such as which direction for getting them to nest, etc." Uh, there's basically two schools. You're either going to try to press to the darker side or press opposite of where you're going to sew together, or a lot of people will press their seams open, much like if you came from a garment-making background. Um, what are the pros and cons? I personally, I came from a garment-making background where I pressed my seams open. But then when I went into quilt-making, I learned to quilt by hand, hand-piecing. So that meant that you're stronger, you, you strengthened your seam if you pressed to the side uh, rather than having that exposed hand uh, stitch seam open where batting could migrate through because the stitches weren't as tight as uh, on a sewing machine. So I went to the side and then down the road as I um, became much more experienced, I realized there are times when I prefer to press open for my quilt making. And often that is when I'm doing smaller patchwork pieces because I find I can get them flatter and have more control uh, when I'm uh, attaching units if the seams are open. So that is my thought process behind it. I suggest that you do a couple of blocks both ways. You know, that's how you know what works for you. Um, I just think that uh, talking about it and reading it is one thing, but actually doing it is another, much like Sharon talked about. Like, you know, make some quilts, use them, and make another one. You know, it's the same thing for any technique. Just get it out and try it. So Faith had an interesting question. Uh, she wanted to know, could she practice free motion quilting on an already finished quilt? Uh, she has a quilt that she did stitch and ditch, uh, which if you're not familiar with that, that's basically you're just running in the grid work of the patchwork. So, you know, the quilting, there's really, you can't see it. If you do true stitch and ditch, you really don't see any of your quilting. It's just holding the layers together right at the seams. So you still have a lot of area to practice in. And I say, yes, you can. You can take that finished quilt. Now, if this is a masterpiece that you intend, uh, maybe you want to, you know, you're, I, my understanding is you're going to practice free motion. So therefore, this is a piece that you're like, okay, I want to practice on it. That's what this is all about. So, um, you know, practicing free motion is another one of those things you have to do it and you have to do it often and then you build mind, memory, motion uh, to be able to do it successfully on demand. But you have to actually get in there and do the work. So having a piece that you did a while back, a full quilt that's bound and everything that you did a while back but has all this open space to free motion is perfect. I think it's perfect. It's already basted. It's already locked down by the stitch in the ditch. Just stick it under your machine and start the free motion. Uh, you might find that if it didn't get totally flat in areas, you might end up with some puckers. Just accept the fact that this is something you're practicing on. Um, you know, use your hands to sort of get everything as flat as you can, and you know, you'll 
you'll be fine. It'll, it's actually an excellent way to practice because you can get right to it. Now, Marsha had a question on back on, on shadowing, um, light, light fabrics shadowing. So if you're not familiar with that term, that, this can be both patchwork and applique. Uh, I'll do applique first. So that would mean, let's say I have a snowman, and I want to put it on a, on a dark navy uh, fabric. So I have a white snowman, and as it's applique, and I'm sitting on top of a dark navy fabric. What's going to happen? You're probably going to see the print on the navy fabric shadowing or peeking through or, you know, through the applique. So what I do in that case is I would make two snowmen. The first would be white, solid white, no pattern on the fabric. And I would layer uh, white snowman, solid white snowman number one. And then on top would be the final snowman that I'm going to see right on top of it. And if I'm doing fusible applique like I usually do, they would both be fused. So I'd fuse the white snowman and then fuse the final snowman right on top. Generally, those two layers, because I'm using that white, that blocks, blocks the shadowing. And that generally works really well. I mean, you could just lay them right on top and see if it's working or not. The other shadowing can happen with your patchwork. <clears throat> if you've got, you know, black and white to, for ease of discussion, if you're doing patchwork and you have maybe you can't for some reason or, or you're trying to press via directions of pressing order, but your, your dark is pressing under the white, you're going to see that seam allowance. You know, it's going to shadow through. So in that case, I would always go to the dark side of the fabric to keep it from shadowing through. And this is, there's actually even one more thing to think about for shadowing, and that is threads. I don't know if this has happened to you, um, but it can, and it's happened to, I think, most of us at some point where, you know, when you're, when you're finished your quilt top, if you've got really light fabric, and let's say you were piecing with a darker thread, a little, if you didn't go back and sort of trim off all those loose, like, threads, a thread could be laying, you could layer your quilt, and then later find that a thread got uh, under the, the light, and you can see it. You can see this thread under the light fabric that was from your patchwork, you know, just a tail that you didn't get trimmed. So that's another reason to be sure you clean up your top, your quilt top, before you layer it so that um, you don't have these extra threads that are you know, jumping around and, and getting in the way of what you're trying to do. Okay, let's see. This is a fun one. So D, D asked, um, this is a personal question rather than a technique question. So D asked whether there are any other crafts that I'm passionate about. So, you know, I am very passionate about quilt making. That is really my primary uh, thing that I like to make. I like to make quilts and I like to make lots of them, uh, you know. But I have tried many, many, many uh, arts and crafts over over the years, just tons of them, and the, I think the I consider embroidery uh, and stitchery to be in the same arena as uh, quilting because I will add embroidery or I do stitchery projects, and they all end up in quilts. You know, I don't really do. It's not like cross stitch. I'm talking about cross stitch or tapestry um, because those wouldn't end up in quilts for me. But the other thing that I have was probably my second craft that I ever did 
uh, a lot of was crochet. So I am I crochet badly uh, because I'm self-taught, and but that is the one that I I really love to get out some yarn. I haven't done it in a long time, and I have been really thinking about it. Getting out an easy project, something easy that I don't want to think about, which is rolls right into the last personal question I have for today, which is from Judith, because Judith asked, uh, how do I unwind? And to say I would unwind and quilt would be true, but I also will read, and I also will do some sort of craft or project um, like crochet or gardening or, you know, any of those things that are not what I do for my business. Uh, they are different. I might bake or um, I went in on, I had a bit of bread baking phase for a little while. Uh, those are, those let me still be creative because that's what, um, makes me relax. I love to be creative. I also will just look like I'll scan Pinterest because it's kind of mindless and, you know, those those kind of things. So I just talked to Sherry McConnell a few weeks ago when she talked about reading organizational books. Um, yeah, yeah, I would probably do that too. You know, it's, it's not work, but it's uh, still interesting and creative for me. <laughs> so thank you for all the questions, everybody. I do this about once a month uh, where I talk about um, – I answer questions or talk about different topics that have been coming up or things that I'm doing personally. So be sure you join me out at Facebook for my quilt group, Quilt Along with Pat Sloan. And you can find all the projects I'm doing at patsloan.com. American Patchwork and Quilting Magazine, uh, their UFO group is amazing. So if you want to bust some of those UFOs, be sure you join them at Facebook and do one a month and get encouragement. It's super exciting. Remember to visit allpeoplequilt.com for more information on topics from today's show, as well as how-to videos, free printable patterns, and additional tips and techniques. Thanks for listening to American Patchwork and Quilting Radio.